Welcome to another episode of New Mexico and Focus, the podcast. I am Kevin McDonald, your host and executive producer here at New Mexico PBS, a show that airs every Friday night at 7 p.m. on New Mexico PBS and Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. And you may be wondering why we do a podcast as well, and it's very simple. We believe in the conversations and the journalism we do here, and we want to share it with as many people as possible. And we know that the media landscape is changing. Not everybody is necessarily going to make New Mexico in in focus appointment television on Friday nights or Sunday mornings. This way you can take us with you wherever you go, and it's also a chance for us to bring you extra stuff from uh, our social media channels that we do throughout the week that we just don't have time for in the show, trying to expand everything we do beyond just those once-a-week interactions. So we hope you appreciate that. As always, if you have suggestions, ideas for us for the show, thoughts on anything we've talked about in recent episodes, we'd love to hear those. So hit us up on any of our social media channels, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Just search for New Mexico and Focus. You'll find us. We really appreciate those comments. All right, in this episode, we are going to kick things off with a really cool conversation. I hope you enjoy this as much as we did. Uh, Of course, Laura Paskus, our environment reporter, has been doing a lot of digging into the recently released IPCC sixth report on climate change. Uh, which you have no doubt at least seen some headlines uh, recently. And the news is not good in terms of the effect that um, CO2 and an increase in CO2 is having on our climate uh, globally. And so we're dedicated to covering that issue. Laura does a lot of that with our land, as well as here on New Mexico in Focus. You may not know this, but we're also part of a collaboration with about two dozen newsrooms across the country dedicated to covering climate change news and um, filtering that out, sharing each other's reporting. You'll get a lot of that reporting from other places in the country in Laura's Our Land Weekly Newsletter. And if you aren't getting that currently, we encourage you to do that. You should sign up for it, and you'll find the sign-up for that on our New Mexico in Focus uh, website. That's newmexicoinfocus.org. So I encourage you to sign up for that. But Jorge Torres works at ABC 15 in Phoenix, Arizona, as a meteorologist, and we are collaborating with him as part of the Southwest region for this collaboration. And you probably recognize that name. Jorge worked for years at KOB here in Albuquerque, and uh, he does a lot in terms of covering climate change and the impacts of doing a lot of great work there at ABC 15. So give them a check when you can as well. And that's what we wanted to talk to him about. As a meteorologist, when people are tuning in to find out, do they need a heavy coat today? Do they need an umbrella? What's the seven-day outlook look like? Am I going to be able to take that trip this weekend that I wanted to take? How do you work in climate change coverage, especially right now where uh, the, the science is clear, but there's a lot of denial about the science still to this day. And we're only going to make a dent here if we can get everybody pulling in the same direction. So he's got some really great insight on how you get people, uh, at least if nothing else, used to this kind of information on a regular basis about rising temperatures uh, and how he does that in his newsroom 
Uh, it's great. He talks about how in his role, he's really a newsroom scientist, and they look at him and turn to him in that way. And that's super helpful, and it's something I think a lot of uh, media markets could take advantage of and would go a long way. He also talks, as you will hear, about how the weather um, men and weather women are usually some of the most trusted in the entire news organization. So that's another reason why this is so uh, valuable. So without further ado, let's get you to Laura Paskus, our environment reporter, and her conversation with Jorge Torres. Jorge Torres, you're at ABC 15 in Arizona now, but our viewers will know you from KOB Channel 4 here in Albuquerque. Welcome to New Mexico in Focus. It is great to see you. Likewise, Laura, great to be chatting with you and to everyone watching from New Mexico, which was my home for a long but enjoyable six years. Awesome. We're really glad to have you. So the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change came out with its assessment report last week. I'm curious, how did ABC 15 cover that report? And even though Southern Arizona and New Mexico do have some differences, what are the big take-homes for the U.S. Southwest? Well, one of the takeaways that we saw from the report is that human activities are influencing what's happening around us. Increased carbon dioxide emissions are warming the planet. And we see that prevalently uh, here in the Southwest. We're talking prolonged heat waves, prolonged droughts, and that's impacting all of us. And we did that story in two ways. We talked to one of the authors of the IPCC report, who happens to be a University of Arizona professor. So that brought it closer to that local perspective as to how someone who studies uh, the climate here and how it impacts us. And then we followed it up with uh, President Biden's infrastructure bill that's going through Congress as we speak and some of the climate resilient improvement projects that are planned within that bill and how, how that would uh, impact Arizonans and people in the Southwest too. And so more broadly speaking, how does ABC 15 incorporate climate change into its news coverage and kind of what is your role as a meteorologist in sort of either working with the news team or pitching stories to the news team? Well, as a meteorologist, I'm also what's known as a station scientist. I help bridge the gap between the science and the community as to what this all means for us. And my job here is to obviously talk about weather, but also talk about how weather and climate play a role in our lives and connecting the dots. Uh, over the past few weeks, we've noticed some significant changes in our forecast here in Arizona with the monsoon. We're seeing a lot more storms uh, compared to the past two years where we had absolutely nothing. And what I do is connect the dots. How is climate change and what's happening now connected? And we're seeing, at least for the past few weeks here, that we're seeing more storms and with the atmosphere holding more water because it's warmer, a lot more rain is coming, which leads to extreme and devastating floods. We've had, unfortunately, some deadly floods here uh, over just the past few weeks. And with that, we get some assistance from uh, one of our partners known as Climate Central. They're a nine-partisan climate-based science group full of meteorologists and climate scientists uh, who make graphics and charts showing for each respective state or city how the climate there has changed over the past 20, 30, 50, even 100 years. And we use that not in every newscast or weathercast, but when applicable. And it has been at least over the past few weeks and months and also for the past few years. We've been using them for a while. 
So this summer, you all are dealing with these devastating droughts, these big storms, and yet we're also seeing the headlines, um, you know, Colorado River shortages, um, drought. How do you communicate that all of these things are happening um, and related to climate change and big storms don't necessarily cancel out drought? I mean, that's a, that's a, tricky, that's a tricky story to get across to the public. It is. When people have seen that it's been raining, oh, great, drought's over. It's not that simple. We wish it was, but that's just not the case. We need the storms to be prolonged. We need them to be consistent. That has been the issue. When it does rain, it's very inconsistent. And then the drought has been consistent. And then again, on Monday, uh, the Bureau of Reclamation, for the first time ever, uh, declared a water shortage at Lake Mead, which directly impacts places like Arizona, Nevada, and even the country of Mexico. Now for Arizonans, this means less water for farmers in Pinal County, which is just south of the Phoenix Metro. So it's already impacting us. The drought, the prolonged drought, is already having an impact on Arizonans and people across the Southwest. And unfortunately, climate change may continue to mean prolonged and severe droughts and perhaps even more uh, water cuts in the future. So one of the things, when you were here in New Mexico, I became an immediate fan of yours because you were posting on social media about climate change, which from my perspective and my experience, a lot of meteorologists at commercial television stations for a long time have not really been talking about climate change. I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about um, why that might be, like why climate change doesn't make it into um, sort of forecast, broadcast conversations, and maybe what some of the challenges are around getting that that big topic into a, a short part of the news segment. Well, for a lot of meteorologists, climate science is something that's honestly kind of out of their area of expertise, because weather is studying about what's happening more or less in the near term and observing patterns in, in the short term. Climate change, you're, you're talking hundreds of years, thousands of years, even millions of years. Uh, so that knowledge for, for most meteorologists is not as well known as just weather forecasting and meteorology itself. With that being said, we have been learning a lot more about how climate is impacting us. And we've talked to a lot of experts, a lot of scientists, a lot of professors, academia, uh, about how climate is changing. And so with that, we're getting a better understanding and, and understanding that scientists know what they're talking about. You know, they've been studying this for, for decades. And so we are very confident now that we're starting to post more. We're seeing it a lot more. A lot more meteorologists are beginning to post more and talk more about climate and climate change, even in areas where people may disagree with it uh, and may even become on, on social media anyways, uh, a bit negative when it comes to commenting. But it's all about the science and, and we trust the science and, and we understand that, that climate is changing. Yeah, one of the things that I always find really interesting about covering climate change as a reporter is it's this big global story and, you know, and often you have the big national outlets do like a, a big attention getting story on climate change. And those are super important, but I'm a big fan of repetitive localized 
um, reporting that gets to your, your local audience so they understand what's happening in their own communities and across their own landscapes. And I'm curious how you think that TV meteorologists might be able to do a better job of kind of getting that sustained coverage into that daily, um, that daily coverage that so many people see. I think the key is just being willing to do it. We have the opportunity. Uh, scientists or meteorologists, uh, in fact, are some of the only people that people, that viewers know that are scientists, that are in their homes almost every day. So we have the opportunity to present that information on a daily basis. And meteorologists tend to be some of the more trustworthy people when it comes to news and local television. Uh, so people come to us uh, because they want to know what's happening in their day. They want to know how this will impact their lives. And if they're watching someone that they trust talk about these issues, they're like, okay, there must be something there. For those who might be um, even still today reluctant to take on the, the, the topic for fear of alienating either their newsroom colleagues or bosses or the audience, what advice do you have for them? Uh, you know what? I actually I had this issue when I worked uh, in New Mexico, um, but you have to find ways to present it in a way that perhaps isn't as as obvious as say what we do here in Arizona. Um, but it just present just some simple data. For example, uh, there were several years where you know the New Mexico drought was just persistent, and just show how long it's been compared to previous years and just show that trend continuing. You don't have to say, oh, climate change is causing this, but just say, you know, over the years we've noticed these trends have been continuing. And that in and of itself is already how you can present it without fully presenting it. So I'm curious if you have any advice out there for other meteorologists who are covering weather locally or um, other reporters in commercial TV newsrooms who maybe want to incorporate more climate science into their news coverage. Well, one thing I learned um, being in this business already for a long time is that there are so many experts, so many avenues out there to get this information. And there's always new research being done, new publications being put out about weather, about climate and about climate change and how it impacts local communities. I know that in New Mexico firsthand, you know, you have a great water blogger in John Fleck, who is super well known. Uh, in the community, in the water community specifically, and here in Arizona too. So there are resources available for you to talk to when it comes to these science and environmental, environmentally related topics. Now, as far as presenting this on air for a meteorologist, for example, and you're concerned about, you know, you, you're one of the more trusted people on television, but yet you talk about climate change, and then, then people start to be like, no, I don't know about that, keep at it. There are resources available. There are other colleagues in the business who have gone through similar pushbacks, but know that the avenue is there to go, especially in a place like New Mexico, where you are noticing climate change as well. The water issue is not going away. The drought issue is not going away either. And the wildfire issue is not going away. Jorge, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate you popping into the New Mexico audience to talk with, out, talk with us about this. And I really, I've really found you to truly be a leader um, as a television meteorologist covering climate change. And I'm really thankful for that. So thanks for joining me.
Thank you and hello again. Goodbye to everyone in New Mexico. Uh, save some green chili for me. <laughs> Thanks. In our last episode, the Line Opinion Panel talked about uh, crime, especially here in Albuquerque, just this lingering problem we cannot seem to get our arms around, no matter how many different ways we try to tackle it. I encourage you to go back and listen to that conversation. It's a good one. We know it's going to be a focus in the upcoming Albuquerque mayoral race. No doubt it will be part of the governor's race next year. And Governor Michelle Luan Grisham says she's making it a priority in next year's legislative session. Uh, Republican lawmakers, especially in leadership, have also even gone so far as to call for a special session of the legislature to try to take care of a few things around this. And, uh, of course, crime covers a lot of different things. Right now we're going to be talking about gun violence specifically and specifically uh, the impact on our young people. And, of course, this stems out of the tragedy at Washington Middle School over a week ago where a middle school student was shot and killed, apparently trying to stand up for another student who was being bullied. So now you have the um, just tragic loss of life there and as well as uh, a changed life forever for the, the shooter. And several years ago here on New Mexico in Focus, we did a special series on gun violence. And I think one segment in particular is really important and valuable to listen to once again if you missed it the first time. Uh, producer at the time was Sarah Gustavez, and she sat down with child psychiatrist Tom Carroll to talk about the impact of gun violence uh, as a young person, even as a witness to gun violence, not a direct victim. Uh, what the science has taught about treating that and the long-term impacts, especially in a state like New Mexico where poverty uh, is high, especially amongst our young people, and behavioral health resources are low. So it's an important conversation. We're glad we can bring this back uh, in the forefront now. It's as vital today as it was back when we originally recorded it a couple of years ago. So here now, former producer Sarah Gustavus and child psychiatrist, Dr. Tom Carroll. Um, what we know is that, you know, you do not have to be the direct victim of a violent act to be traumatized by it. In fact, there's a lot of evidence that the witnesses to the violent act are sometimes actually traumatized more severely than the victim themselves. So in many ways, witnessing is, you know, is part, uh, predisposes you to being profoundly victimized. Before we go, we want to remind you about one of our other projects here at New Mexico PBS. It is Growing Forward, a cannabis collaboration between ourselves and the New Mexico Political Report. Hopefully you've had a chance to check it out at some point. We are well underway in Season 3 of Growing Forward with our co-hosts Megan Kamrick, who's done correspondent work here and is the new news director at KUNM Radio, and Andy Lyman from The Political Report. You can find this wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Growing Forward. And our most recent episode looked at testing in the cannabis industry. The rules are not even set on this front, but there has been testing for the medical cannabis producers for a while in New Mexico. And there's only one lab to speak of that handles that. 
And no doubt that's going to be far too much for one lab to handle when we have a full recreational market come next spring. So Andy and Megan paid a visit to that lab, recently moved to Albuquerque from Las Cruces. And uh, we appreciate Barry Dungan uh, for letting us come and pay a visit and find out how the lab works, how the science works, what they're looking for, and what the challenges they are. And we want to give you a taste of that now. Again, from his own words, his own mouth, the challenges in testing in a brand new industry in a state like New Mexico. I'm just worried that they're going to say, next week you have to start doing this, you know, because yeah. I could have an unlimited budget and those pieces of equipment are not just available, you know. Right. Um, so I, I need to have enough time to make sure, one, I can have it installed. Then I've got to go through an entire calibration, a proficiency. I've got to hire people, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so this is not just a, hey, I got it next week kind so of thing. So what you need is is real some, some definitive rules and regulations before, say, January 1st when they start issuing licenses to people. I need at least a three-month heads up of what it's going to be, how it's going to be. The stuff that we need to buy are things that are at state labs and crime labs and forensic labs and... This isn't go to the used car lot and just yeah. get one. You know, these are yeah. these are very, very sophisticated pieces of equipment, and I just need as much time as possible to get them in place. Well, that will do it for this episode of New Mexico in Focus, the podcast. Again, I'm your host, Kevin McDonald. I'm also an executive producer here. A shout out, as always, to our producer, Matt Grubbs, and our producer, Kathy Wimmer. Couldn't do it without you guys. And as always, as I mentioned off the top, you got thoughts on anything you heard in this episode or suggestions for future shows, something we missed, what are we blind to at this point? We really want to hear that so we can do a better job in the future. So leave us a note or follow us throughout the week on our social media uh, we're just about everywhere. Also, want to before we go remind you that there's so many ways you can get the show, whether it's this podcast, our broadcasts on Friday nights and Sunday mornings. If you are like me and are a cord cutter, so you don't get terrestrial TV as we call it, uh, or through cable, we can also get us a lot of ways streaming or what's called over the top. So if you have Fire Stick or a Fire TV or Roku any of those, uh, search for New Mexico PBS and then search for local shows and you'll find New Mexico in Focus and you can watch full episodes there. And you can also find Our Land as a separate channel on there and see all of Laura Paskus' great reporting on the environment here in New Mexico, including that interview with Jorge Torres. So lots of ways to get what we have to offer. We hope you enjoy it and we always, always appreciate you so much for listening however you do it or watching however you do that so until next time thanks again and stay safe stay healthy